Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I want to talk about riding multiple horses, the cues that go into that and the mindset because each one is an individual and they all probably ride a little bit different and require different mental game from you as well. But before I do that, I want to tell you a little story and just kind of confirms how important your mindset really is. Many years ago, I wrote for barrel, uh, FloridaBarrelHorses.com. I wrote Tina's training tips and I wrote the um, Barrel Racer bios. And I would interview anybody who I saw, um, you know, winning a lot in Florida, whether it was at rodeo or super shows or jackpots or wherever. I'd ask them to do an interview. Well, one year, um, there was a state champion for MBHA of 1D. Um, it was a, a Cinderella story, basically. It was in 2007, and it was with uh, Lisa Malfers. She had told me in her interview that forever she wanted to be the 1D state champion. That was a dream of hers. So every night when she went to bed, she would dream that she would win it. And she had herself a nice horse. He was clocking 1D at little stuff and 2D at big stuff. And um, she went to state. And remember, she was going to bed every night dreaming that she would win, telling herself she was going to dream herself winning the 1D at state finals in Florida. So she goes to state. She has a good, good first go, good second go, qualifies herself back in the 2D, okay? She comes back in the finals and she clocks a really best time, a 1D time, a winning 1D time. She now has the time to beat. She's in the 2D though. So anybody who's ever been to a short go of a finals knows they run slowest to fastest. So now she has to wait for all of the rest of the 2D and all of the rest of the really tough 1D horses to run. And do you know, not one horse beat her time. Lisa became a 1D state champion, qualifying back in the 2D, basically because I believe she willed it to happen. She believed it and she did it. So if that's not an inspiring story on mindset, I don't know what else to do to fire you up. But anyways, so I want to go ahead and move on to riding multiple horses. There's a lot of people in my virtual coaching group that ride a bunch of horses and um, it takes talent. It's hard enough to get with one horse solid. So um, when I was competing on four different horses around 2007 to around 2011, I had Maggie and my nonstop Maggie mare. She was a push horse and she, she's the kind of horse you would fire her up from the North 40 or if you're in a holding pen or an alleyway, you'd have to really wake her up or maybe even whip her once and, and really push her all the way through the entire pattern from the alleyway to the end. And that was her style. She was fun to ride, exciting. She was 4D, I mean, sorry, she was four wheel drive and she would clock in the 1D just with you pushing her the whole way. Four wheel drive style, bend around those barrels. You could drive, 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 and then just let her work in the turns and she was gonna rim them and fold around them. She was just fun to ride. Then there was Briscoe. Briscoe was a complicated horse. She was very fractious. So warm up had to be quiet, off away from things. Where Maggie, you could warm her up anywhere. You really didn't have to have any special cues other than just drive her with both feet, smooch at her, and maybe whip her if you didn't think you were getting all you had from her. Um, 
you know, just give her one little quirk from second to third or from first, I mean, from the alleyway to first, a couple times home, you know, whatever she needed just to keep her firing. But Briscoe, you had to ride her real quiet down the alleyway and you had to be easy to first. If you ever put your reins up too hard or even smooched or leaned too far forward, she wasn't going to keep her mind right and, and turn that first barrel. So a go cue for Briscoe was literally just about two inches of loose rein and and just sitting neutral and if it was a long score you could with in her stride you could use a little leg inside leg or or maybe two legs if it was a long ways to first and then you would say whoa whoa here here she needed you to talk to her that first barrel and then as soon as you turned that first barrel it was like i was back on maggie it was reins to the ears and smooching and driving the whole way with my feet and then she was gonna wrap second and third on her own and just peel the paint so she became a push horse for the rest of the pattern just not that first barrel so she was a combination she was four-wheel drive and sometimes on second barrel she'd get front endy and like to throw you over the handlebar so i'd lock down on that horn and try to make sure during the week i was tuning on her at a walk to just stand up and, and stay square going into that second barrel but um that was her style she was she was unique but she would clock in the wendy and won me a fraternity title that way and in her novice in her novice year her fraternity year she was clocking one d with me whipping her from second to third and she was just a fun horse but you had to ride quiet to that first barrel was it because she wasn't as confident to the right as the left probably but she was quirky she loved to lope right circles and she'd get worried about lope and left circles but her left turns were her better turns so again she he was a very she is a very fractious to this day she's a 18 year old and she's still quirky she's just who she is so but Belle now Belle she was fun she was free running but she was a stiffer rollback style but she wanted to turn a barrel so bad she could taste it so while she was free running and she was exciting you would kind of like let her build in the alleyway and then you would send her but your send on her would just be to release her rein and she was gone like a freight train because she was so free running and you kind of just kind of creep up the alleyway and feel her building and building between your hands and she wasn't going to take it until you gave it to her but when you gave it to her you better commit to it because she was gone but then the trickiest part of riding her was in the turns because of her stiff rollback style if you set up too soon you're going to hit if you push too deep you're going to stall so your timing had to be impeccable on her I had to use a lot of inside leg with her to try to keep her honest and stay up in the hole because I didn't want to touch her face. So I'd have to, and sometimes I'd have to stay on the outside rein until I couldn't stand it no more. There were times I'd go from first to second and I didn't even switch my hands until I got on the back side of second barrel. And sometimes I'd have to do a, a fancy sherry survey on that outside rein going to third just to keep her honest. I'd have to keep that, bump that rein one extra time to say not yet, not yet, if it was a long way to third and keep her going straight. And it had to be just a quick bump, but long enough to keep her straight. So then there was little sister, and she's the smallest of all my mares. My other mares are all 15, 2, 15, 3, and super stout and super long stout. Sissy, she was only 15 hands and really compact. So, and she was funny. She was free running and little pins, but she was rady and the big pattern. And, and she was also because of her compactness you'd give her maybe three to four foot pocket going in but you had to make sure she'd catch a barrel leaving if you didn't get enough uh 
forward motion around in the barrel. So you couldn't let her get too sticky or, or roll becky. You'd have to keep her in four-wheel drive so you wouldn't catch a barrel leaving. There was many times I'd have to pick up my leg leaving the barrel so I wouldn't catch one leaving if I, if I didn't keep that four-wheel drive going. So with her, I had to rate her. Sometimes I'd have to sit and do a one-hand check and say, whoa. But then in the turns, I might have to give it back and put my leg on her to keep her in four-wheel drive. So she was kind of challenging that way too. So anyways, each one of them required a little bit different hand cue. Briscoe did not like a two-hand check, but she liked a one-hand check to first. Um, most of my girls, I used two legs to go faster, inside leg to go into my turns, and outside leg if I needed it coming out of my turns. Um, they all love my voice. They all love me for smooching at them to drive them. They all loved if I um, checked them. I mean, sorry, if I talked to them for rate and uh, I'd say whoa or here for their turns, um, their ears would click right onto me when I talked to them. So I love to talk to my mirrors. It required me to have to do less with my hands and my legs. I just tried to use my eyes, my voice, and my body to communicate with them. And they were all different. So, um, you know, they all were different styles. So the way that it, I would prepare and, you know, and if you're running three horses at one event and you only have two or three drags between, I'd get there early, I'd warm everybody up. I wouldn't put on their top leg boots, just their bell boots, get them all in their saddles, warm everybody up, tie everybody to the trailer, have their leg boots ready to go, depend on how much time I had. If I put them on, I never wanted them on for more than like 30 minutes, but um, I'd have their bridles ready, I'd have rubber bands ready, I'd be getting my mind ready, you know, if I needed spurs or a, an over and under quirk. I'd have everything in my head, what I needed for each one. I'd put them in the order that I like to run them. I usually ran Little Sister first, and um, I usually ran uh, Maggie or Briscoe last and Belle in the middle. I'd try to go from from the slowest to the fastest, if you will, or the easiest to the hardest, or, you know, the one that, you know, I wanted to do the best on, but sometimes you don't get that choice when you go to super shows, you're pre-entered, but you have more time to think, so it's no big deal. But if I was going to go and I needed to get my fire up, I'd usually run my free runners um, first and my push horses last, and that's just how it worked better for my mindset. But anyways, um, it's, you know, if you read your ground too, like if I knew one horse like deeper ground and one horse like more packed ground, I'd interrupt that way too uh, if I have the option. So you kind of just get to know your horses. Um, you know, if, if you should have an early draw, late draw, if there was water in the pin, I didn't want to run Briscoe in it. Uh, she would be later when things dried out. If it was too wet or mucky, I'd try to get later draws too uh, instead of earlier draws. I'd let it dry out a little bit. I just knew that that's what my horses liked. Um, so anyhow, that that was just the little things that I did. But but what I would do during the week is I would um, I do trail rides to keep them in shape and just long trot and and face flex and things like that. Just keep my horses soft and supple and listening to me. But generally once a week I'd go back in the arena and I would walk or trot walk the barrel pattern and I'd show them exactly where I wanted to to be for me. And each horse might be slightly different where I rate them or put them for a pocket um, going into the turns or whatever. So I'd go in there and I would show them exactly where I wanted them slow. So that way I knew I could trust them um, when I was going to go faster. So I have more to talk about on this and all, but I want to take a quick little break. So I'm going to take a quick break and be right back with you. All right. Thank you for that. 
And so, like I mentioned, I would, during the week, I'd try to get my mind ready by showing my horses exactly where I wanted to, to be at a walk and a trot on the barrels. And I may only do that once or twice during the week when I'm coming back from a pasture ride or something. And, um, or if I was just doing dry work or some drills in the arena or conditioning. So, but that was the idea was to get their muscle memory and my muscle memory in sync and to get us both a visual of where we wanted to be. So that way when the weekend came, I could just trust them. And then when I'm at the brow race and I'm doing my warm up, and each horse may have needed a little different warm up, maybe one needed quieter away from things, maybe one could have a little bit quicker warm up. Maybe one needed more bend and flex. Belle definitely needed quieter warm up, more bend and flex, more collected work. Briscoe needed off away from everything and and just a quiet warm up. Maggie and sister could handle being amongst everything and a little quicker warm up. They weren't as fragile that way. So, um, you know, they're all different. So anyhow, I would, uh, after I warm them up, I'd start thinking when I get, okay, which horse I'm on now. And I picked two things that were important on that horse. Maybe the spots I needed to ride to and, um, you know, using my leg or riding, uh, using my voice. And, and I would just think about each horse I was on and what they needed from me. I visualized myself when I need to sit for that horse, what pocket they needed, what cues they needed. And I, I visualized a smooth run. And then I just focused on one or two really important things as I went down that alleyway that I needed to execute to be there for them. And whatever that run was, good or bad, I'd get off that horse, loosen their cinch, walk them back to the trailer, take off their boots, tie them up, if I had time to walk them out, great, or untack them. If I didn't, I'd get back on that other horse. And while I'm getting that horse walking around and getting their mind and my mind back, I'd start thinking about what they needed. And you have to do that. You have to let go of the run you were just on and start thinking about the horse that you are on and what they need. And, you know, most of my horses, I didn't go up to the arena until one or two drags out. And then I just sit quietly somewhere on the right side of the alleyway or the side of the arena and just wait quietly if I had to do some face flexing or walk small circles, but I didn't get up there more than one or two drags out, just enough to let them settle, let them see things, hear things, and then walk quietly to that alleyway and then just kind of ease up in there and make my run. So again, it's important when you enter that you take a look at the arena. Is it a long score? Is it a short score? Are the barrels on the fence? Are there banners? Um, you know, is there any that makes a barrel look closed or too open, anything that may affect your run, where the timers are. Is the ground deep? Is the ground hard? Is the ground look, you know, you can watch a few horses go and just study the horse's feet and their tracks and say, okay, you know, that, that looks good. I like those tracks or I can see certain issues are coming up, you know, consistently at one barrel. So I'm going to be careful on, and, and ride a certain way on that barrel or whatever. So there's a lot of things you can do mentally to prepare and above all be positive you know you can't do anything you gotta you can't do anything about the things you can't control you can't control ground you can't control barrel placement you can't control where the banners are or the people in front of you and you know or behind you or anything like that you can't control any of that but you can control how you take care of your horse how you approach the warm-up pen how you approach the alleyway um, what your mindset is of positive and handling adversity of the day and you know and seeing seeing yourself doing well you know it goes back to that Cinderella story she dreamt it she wanted it it happened so be positive always stay focused on the horse that you're on 
and trust in that muscle memory and that relationship that you have built with your horse and just learn from every run. If you had a great run last time, just try to mimic that run again. If you uh, had a mistake on one barrel, try to learn from that. Maybe position yourself or cue differently. But if you're not winning, you are learning. So when you're doing well, remember the things you did right. If you make a mistake, think about how you can fix it. And, and above all, just enjoy yourself because after all, life's too short. And, um, you know, we never know what tomorrow brings. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Enjoy yourself. Make it fun for you and your horse. And, and um, I know you're competitive. Everybody wants to win or they wouldn't do this. So it's okay to be competitive, but you also have to remember, you know, it's, it's a game and it, well, it's fun to be first. It's not the end of the world. If you're not, you can learn and, and go to the next one and, and, um, and do better. So thanks for tuning in. And as always ride with heart.